Time now for the quote of the week. You know, in January this year, the prime minister stated in quotes, more extreme measures such as vaccine mandates could have real divisive impacts on community and country. In May, the prime minister stated, we are not a country that makes vaccination mandatory. Well, I'll tell you this, I think he was certainly right about the divisiveness. As he noted just a month ago during the federal election campaign, in quotes, I've never seen this intensity of anger on the campaign trail. He then stated, we need to hear the fears and the disagreements and the concerns that Canadians have by listening to each other. Well, I couldn't agree more. But what's obvious is there's been virtually no attempt to do that. In his words, hear the fears and disagreements and concerns that Canadians have by listening to each other. Well, instead of opening up a dialogue, the push has been to marginalize, demonize, dismiss people who oppose government vaccination mandates. Coercion over dialogue has been the preferred approach. You know, polls find, by the way, that the majority of Canadians favor uh, vaccine mandates and the punishment of losing their livelihood if they don't comply. I mean, just this week, the B.C. government put 4,090 healthcare workers on unpaid leave with the threat of a permanent job loss for not getting vaccinated, despite the strains that are already on the healthcare system and the shortages of nurses and other professionals, which has directly impacted ICU and is now reports of thousands of surgeries and tests postponed due to staff shortages. I mean, I just see that there's been very little attempt at dialogue with many questions unanswered for months. I mean, I, for one, would like to know why healthcare professionals are reluctant to get vaccinated. I mean, I've been for, for months. But instead, some doctors and other medical professionals have literally been suspended for questioning the mandates. But as I said, that suits politicians who have absolutely no medical expertise, but can read the polls and recognize an opportunity for political gain and are happy to squelch any alternative opinions to the official narrative. And I think that's consistent with many other issues. But at what cost? Now, for that, I'm going to go back to the prime minister in his own words. It creates serious divisions in the community and the country. Now, you can decide that if in a country, in a society, already with significant divisions, we're divided on so many issues, the choice not to go to the greatest lengths to open a dialogue rather than use coercion is the best way forward. Time now for this week's shocking stat. I know I've been talking a lot about inflation, but it's a big deal if you're concerned about your cost of living. Plus, it's got added importance, as I mentioned with Michael Levy earlier, is that inflation expectations put upward pressure on interest rates. And come on, we got a world awash with debt. And so interest rates are a big deal, too. Now, please note, it's not actually what the rate of inflation is, but rather the expectations as to what it will be that has the biggest influence. I mean, when you look at things, for example, should I buy a government bond that pays 2%? Well, not if I think inflation is going to be about 5%, which effectively means I'm going to lose 3% purchasing power every year. Or if I think inflation is going to be significant in the future, then maybe I invest in traditional hedges like gold or real estate or more recently Bitcoin. The point to get, though, and this is one of the shocking stats, is inflation expectations are at a 13-year high. A government report also confirms that yesterday with the consumer prices. Think about this. They rose at their fastest pace in 30 years in September. And a big driver of persistent inflation is workers' wages. Well, good news for workers because they just saw their biggest compensation boost in the last 20 years. Now, look, I'm going to tell you in advance, we're going to have to be talking a lot about inflation, reason, interest rates, and your cost of living, and how to protect yourself for quite some time. 
Time now for this week's Goofy Award. You know, some of the big questions, at least for me during COVID-19, dealt with restrictions and lockdowns and guidelines and protocols. Well, it was how much of that is based on science and how much is based on political considerations? You know, a lot of times I thought that provincial health officers were absolutely no match for politicians. For example, I can't believe that provincial health officers, while strongly insisting that we social distance, stay in small gatherings and mass, were in favor of the massive protests in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd. But politicians undermined their authority by saying that those protests were exceptions. Come on, it wasn't for health reasons. In BC, Chief Medical Officer Bonnie, Dr. Bonnie Henry remained silent when NDP Premier John Horgan saw an opportunity to gain political advantage by calling an election just while the second wave was intensifying and more restrictions were being put in place, let alone the public was distracted. And same thing with the Delta variant. When it was taking hold, some provinces were dealing with ICU shortages, but the prime minister did the same thing, decided it was an opportune time to gain a majority. Yet Canada's chief health officer, Theresa Tom, remained silent about the COVID-related dangers. I mean, there are other examples that suggest that political polling may have had as much to do with mandates and restrictions as the science supporting them. So here we go. On page 40 of Dr. Henry's new book, Be Kind, Be Calm, Be Safe, she offers some troubling insight in quotes. Just like every other chief medical officer of health across the country, I had a mandate and the legal authority to speak directly to the public about issues related to health. I was fully aware, however, that if I were wildly offside with what the provincial health minister and government believed, it could make my position challenging. And if I was, if I was too far off the mark, too often, the government could render me ineffective and fire me altogether. Come on, I invite you to think about that statement. Wildly offside with what the provincial health minister and government believed, she could lose her job. Well, obviously, interference with politicians. Keep in mind, they have no medical expertise whatsoever. And we've been told from the outside, uh, outset rather, to follow the science, not follow what's politically palatable or expedient. It raises all sorts of questions. I'll give you just one example. Is that the case with vaccine mandates? After all, Dr. Bonnie Henry clearly stated on May 25th, in quotes, there is no way that we will recommend inequities be increased by the use of things like vaccine passports for services with public access here in British Columbia. Well, obviously that changed. I don't know why. But I will state with certainty, I'm in favor of research-based decisions. I'm all in of following the science, although I think the level of certainty around that science has been clearly overstated in many cases. But I am very interested in the science, and I'll follow those guidelines. But you know what? I am not interested whatsoever, not in the least, in following guidelines, restrictions, mandates, whatever, that are motivated by political considerations or interference. That's all the hot time we have today for the show. Look, I hope you have a terrific weekend, and continue to join me on mikesmoneytalks.ca. Also, in Money Talks tweets, why not join up? I can give you a lot of great information there. And Michael Campbell's Money Talks on Facebook. Have a terrific weekend.